Old people got old stuff. <laughs> Okay, I got red Netflix on the screen, or white with red letters. Okay. So tell me when. I got there. All right, go three, two, one, go. All right, Marvel. Here we are, episode six of Jessica Jones. Bum bum bum. Doo -doo -doo. I guess we should do the hey hey. Uh, welcome to the Bearded Beacon. I'm Chris. I'm Seal, and this is episode eight because I just released Ooh. seven without you. That's right. I was you were gone. You were doing stuff. Sucked up by winter. Mm-hmm. How's that working out for you? Still 19 degrees. Holy crap. <laughs> Dude, it was it was like almost 80 today. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually a really, really nice day. Driving around with the windows down. It was great. Excellent. I think we're going to get 60 on Friday. Oh, wow. But that's that's way too long a distance to actually think it's going to happen. So. Mm. Considering it's Friday today, so you mean yeah. a week from today? Yeah, that's what seven whole days. I had a yeah. had a very hopeful friend wanting that to happen, so mm. I don't I don't think it's gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. No, it's gonna be minus sixty. Mm -hmm. I only got it that cold here once, and that was because of a wind chill. So. Ugh. Not good. Too much for me. Oh, I love this opening shot at the poker scene. Yeah, there's a good match. Lake. Strikes that match. Oh, some reason. Well, my subtitles aren't working. Oh, I forgot to turn mine on. Oh, the way he says balls. Balls. Yeah, I forgot to turn them on. Here we go. Here we go. Now I have subtitles. <sighs> what? Where are your balls? He's just like, balls, 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 balls. Yeah. Uh, why are you pissing me off? <sighs> Having problems? Slightly issues, but I'm working on it. Technical difficulties. Please stand by. Yes. Come on, man. Nobody has patience for this. I have no patience for this. It's all right. I'll just edit it out. Okay. <sighs> well, my subtitles don't want to work, so. Sorry. It's all right. Sorry. Sorry. Stupid technology. That's right. It's just too much to ask. There we go. Oh, you got them? Yep. Okay, good. And they're all in. Yes. <laughs> See how long it takes you to put your head through that post. Exactly. Is that where you're at? Yeah. No, I'm a little behind. Okay, hang on. Okay. I'll pause. Just like the wrong I'll, thing. I'll tell you. <laughs> Dumbass. Technically inclined people. Hey, has he started ramming his face into the post yet? No, I'll tell you as soon as he starts to. Okay, tell me when he hits the second time. Okay. He's talking about how it cost him a million dollars, and it was a great story. I love that part. Where he's like, yeah, mm -hmm. you have, think of think of the story you're going to have, the, the story you get to tell. The night you lost a million dollars to the worst hand you'd ever seen. <laughs> he, he gives back. Kilgrave's yeah. a giver. Right, let's see how long it takes you to put your head through the post. And, huh? Come on. One, two. Cool. Stop, stop, Harvey. All right. And then we're back at Jessica's apartment, right? That's right. Okay. So Malcolm's unchained from the toilet now. That's good. Yeah. He seems to be a quick recovery from his drug addiction, which is so realistic. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you've only got 13 episodes yeah. in the season, and they didn't have him try to kick until episode five. Right. So, you know, you got to speed it along. And we don't know how many days it's been. I know. I mean, we assume it's been just a short time because this show seems to be happening really fast, but you don't know. Mm -hmm. Who is it? Hello, who is it? It's Luke. It's Luke. Oh, open the door. Open the door. Lo siento, Don Quixote no está aquí. Don Quixote no está en la casa. The dog's looking at me. I scared her. <laughs> Look at Malcolm all being tough. He's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love that. Yeah. Oh man, Luke just shoots you that look like, please. <laughs> yeah, I think this I just episode noticed it. Is, is this is his shirt ripped open? Yeah. I just noticed that. This is the third time I've watched this episode, and I just noticed that. Yeah, I think this episode is pretty. It's a very strong episode. Like I'd have to say that so far, this is one of my favorite episodes because of everything that ends up happening. Oh man, he's all tore up. Yeah, this was pretty good. Mm -hmm. I like you. I like that you get. You know, it's you get a. It's almost this. This is kind of as close as we get to a real standalone story. Yeah, and Luke's out on his own doing his own sleuthing, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. Which I assume is why he's his he's all banged up. I mean, he's not yeah. banged up looking, but judging from his clothes, it looks like he's been in a fight or two. Yeah, his little talk with his Lone Sharks boys. Yeah, that's so. got to be it. It's funny, I just, I didn't notice that before. Again, it's those nice little touches in the show. It's like little things like that. Mm -hmm. That they, you know, it's the stuff they put in the frame that they don't, they don't speak it. They don't call your attention to it overtly, but it's there. All those little details. Just so much mm -hmm. fun. Handshake deal. Mm -hmm. Oh, look at her looking away. She still can't look him in the eye. Guilty, guilty, guilty. Somebody got a guilty conscience. Messing with Hogarth. 
Is this a booty call? No. No. I like your chances. <laughs> that's, oh, this is where we find out about. That's right. Hope mm-hmm. got attacked. Like that's so. This is where we find out about the aftermath about why she get why she got attacked. Yeah, and it's not. Yeah. It's not what you think. It was a good. It was a good ruse. Yeah, I like the little the little bait and switch they pull on the audience here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you think it's because she's just the poor, uh, the rich little white girl in the nope. prison, but no. 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 Spoilers. It's a baby. That's right. That's a man. Of course, that scene's coming up. That's a tough scene. It's like Mm -hmm. she's talking about. He's like things. You know, she's like, and it it all happens to me over and over again. Mm -hmm. Oh, but first, sissy has to get her snacks. Oh yeah, that's right. She's a businesswoman. Yeah. (laughs) Some reason this scene just reminds me of high school, junior high school, like watching all the kids like trying to figure out what they want in those machines. Oh yeah, that little (laughs) room with all the machines in it. Uh I remember those days. And you're trying to get from A to B before the bell rings. It's like, come on, dude, hurry up. Yeah, yeah. And then it'd be your turn, and, it'd be, and then the same thing would happen. Uh, damn, what do I want? Uh, uh, I forgot. Uh, she paid me to attack her. What? Yeah, that's a nice little twist. Mm-hmm. Services rendered. Uh, and here comes the bomb. Mm-hmm. This is a pretty big thing for Marvel to do. Mm-hmm. You don't really hear about it too much in any of the comics. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard of it in any comics, and except for maybe this. They're definitely pushing all kinds of, all kinds of boundaries and storylines. And yeah, it seems to be. Well, a I mean, thing, the, the the comic. <laughs> I mean, the the Alias comic did though. I mean, it, yeah, it, it, it pushed definitely pushed the envelope on what everyone thought a comic book could be. Yeah, as far as what kind of story it could tell. Yeah, which again is what's so cool about this show because it they picked a really good property to adapt because it's not as well known, you know, and it's what 10, 12 years out of the collective memory of most or the folks that read it so it's now they get to do it on tv and push some things and talk about some things and that you don't expect from like you said from marvel yeah the fact that this is happening in the same universe as captain america yeah makes it i think it ground i think is grounds the whole it grounds the whole universe they've created yeah because it's like okay now here there's again we're back to real people with you know just ordinary people with real problems yeah i think that's i think that is like a good way to put it because in the movies Captain America and everything it's like a huge it's never just the problem of the character it's more it's it's dispersed among the whole world's going to die or the the country's not going to make it yeah and they're not that as kind personal of not yeah definitely and here's the shut up <laughs> everybody quiet okay Sometimes I wish I could do that. Just quiet down a whole restaurant full of people. Creepy, dude. All those pictures he has of her at this point. Yeah. But that's kind of, that's clever though. Because he, he gets that picture, but then he scrolls back through some. Mm-hmm. So we know that there's at least been a few days that have gone by. Right, exactly. That's a good way to kind of yeah. throw that time bomb in there. Yep, without, without coming out and saying it. You know, without st- throwing some stupid line of dialogue. Oh, it's been five days since whatever. It's like, oh, he just, you know, okay, let's scroll back through some pictures. Right. Because we know that she's supposed to send one every day. Mm-hmm. Now she's creeping on the apartment and somebody's creeping on her. Everybody's creeping in this show. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny because they're in this huge city where everything's so damn loud. And they're all creeping around trying to be quiet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, Luke. Going off on your own. This is what you hired the professional for, sir. Exactly. And then he admits it. He's like, I don't even know what I'm looking for. Then why are you here? Because <laughs> I want to run into Jessica. That's right. And figure out why she's being so distant. Why are you being so mean to me? <laughs> My giant man feelings are being hurt. Man up, son. <laughs> Dude, you're making me seasick. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I look over it's like oh the Titanic oh my god <laughs> sorry about that funny oh I love this phone call she makes you're a winner and, mm-hmm. and aka you're a winner where we get our title <laughs> I like how she turns that on and off yeah and she's, she plays the role she's on the phone but she's you know putting her putting the facial expressions into it and everything and then okay bye and then click and then she just turns right back to mm-hmm. grumpy Jessica see this whole thing tells me that I think you're onto something. This whole thing tells me that Luke didn't really need to go to her. Yeah. He could have just waited around until these guys showed up again and said, look, let's figure this out. Mm-hmm. But now, ulterior motives. And of course, he has to talk her down from brawling in the street. Yeah. But that gives us a little foreshadowing for what's coming later. Yeah. This is like, oh, we know, we know there's, we're going to get a fight scene. <clears throat> Luke on his big motorcycle. I like the bit with the helmet. Mm-hmm. And irony. He doesn't even bother to buckle it. Right. The law. <laughs> then you got motorcycle feelings starting here. 
Mm-hmm. Dude, okay, gratuitous. That, I say gratuitous. It's um, obligatory, actually. The shot of the front uh, front wheel and fork yeah. framed up exactly like that for the yeah. riding montage. Yeah. You, can't, you yeah. can't have a motorcycle riding scene and not have that exact shot. Yeah, they're doing some different framing with the shots in this episode. Mm-hmm. Not quite as blocked off as it has been. Yeah, it's definitely more, it, de- it definitely has a more conventional feel. I was just thinking that. This, it ha- this show has a more just straightforward narrative, mm-hmm. you know, single camera drama a feel to it yeah this little scene with Malcolm and Luke I like it mm-hmm. being Malcolm's being all protective yeah <laughs> were you just rude to Pam I'm rude to I'm everybody rude to everybody yeah. you'd think Jerry would have figured that out by now yeah I mean we know that mm-hmm. she's only broken multiple windows at her office yeah I still don't trust Miss Hogarth She's she thinks too long before she talks. Uh-huh. She's very calculating. Mm. Ooh, she went to Tiffany's. <laughs> There's a racket. <laughs> Remember one time I had some cufflinks in a little box like that and Sophia found them in my drawer. Ah. Oh, oh my god, what'd you get? Oh. No. <laughs> Not for me. Dough. Pizza guy. <sighs> He said the password. I know about Kilgrave. I know about Kilgrave, yep. So Luke's in a loop now. Kinda. Kinda, sorta. I don't know if he totally believes it. Seeing as a crack addict told him about it. Well, yeah, I mean, that's true. Well, he knows, he's gotta know there's something, though. Because he's heard both of them throw that name around. Yeah. So there's something to it. Mm-hmm. So now we're getting a little scene on either side of the door, kind of like yeah. we did with Trish and Simpson. Although in this case, the door is purely symbolic because either one of them could just, you know, knock it down. Yeah. Oh. Oh, they're making up a little bit. Try not to break anything this time. Yeah. I did a little research on Simpson because I was wondering the last time who he was. Mm-hmm. Apparently he's Nuke. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Um, basically a guy who took pills to get stronger or have different abilities. It was pretty interesting. I wonder if they're going to run with that a little more. You know, like a cybernetic um, thing. Uh, cybernetic cybernetic enhancements. Mm. Yeah. And uh, can take pills for increased adrenaline. Blue to bring him down and white to keep him balanced between missions. So Interesting. Mm-hmm. Better living through chemistry. Mm-hmm. Oops. No, and they what do you know? The little phone call trick worked. Yeah, they're reeling the fish in. Mm-hmm. Ah, but it wasn't Antoine that called. Mm-mm. It was some other guy. A lackey. A lackey. Mm-hmm. Now we're finding a little more out about Luke's motivation. Yeah. Why he's trying to help this lady out find her brother. Yeah. Something I need. Still looking into his wife's death. Mm-hmm. Jessica's all worried about herself. Yep. Oh, what if he finds out? Oh, no. Oh, no. And I'm helping him find out about me. Oh, crap. Yep. Yeah, oh, she's, she's got that look like, oh, this is going to go bad for me. Mm-hmm. The plot thickens. Good old Jessica digging in her fancy mm-hmm. coat. It looks like we're going to get to learn a little bit more about the night of the bus crash. Mm-hmm. But never, not enough to find out what the heck she's digging up out of the ground. Mm-hmm. To box with flash drive. Nope. It's a lot of trouble to go to. Mm-hmm. And who put it there in the first place? Mm-hmm. And why? What's on it? Uh, I gotta know. I gotta know. Oh, hey, I don't like your hair. Bang. That's... <laughs> Okay, so that raises that little scene raises a whole bunch of questions because we see, you know, we see the kill shot in this episode mm-hmm. where Jessica killed Reva, and like, but Kilgrave doesn't tell her to. He just says, "Take care of her." Right. Yeah, that does raise a question. Is it is it an assumption by Jessica yeah. that he she's to kill him, or yeah? So who's really? Yeah, it's like okay, so who's really responsible in that situation? Is there some piece that we don't have? Running a little late on her messages. Yep, ten oh three. Don't let it happen again. Why does she even bother to lock that door? I'm not sure. Man, Kilgrave just has his own support groups everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting how that group of survivor, or that, that group that she put together mm-hmm. to make the case ended up being, you know, a support group. Mm-hmm. It's a unique situation. I guess you need, I mean, those folks need it, though. And the pill. Yep. Not cool. Nope. And then more talk about digging up dirt on the X. Yeah. This is a funny little scene. So we learn, yeah. we get, we, we see why he was, like Kilgrave, I say he, like Kilgrave was in the coffee shop looking at houses and all that stuff on the internet. Mm-hmm. He shows up at this guy's place. Hey, I want to buy your house. Yeah. What do you want? This conversation is very interesting too, because he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't give the guy any orders. Right. He's, he's really, you can tell he's really trying. He's like, I'm used to just telling people what I want and getting it. Mm-hmm. This is really hard for me. And what would you do? Guy shows up with 
$1.26 million in a bag. Mm. Hey, I want your house. Here's the paperwork. <laughs> Let me get my clean underwear. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. Peace. I'm out of here. That's a lot of cash. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they changed the rules on that too. So that guy, because that's his residence, he doesn't have to pay yeah. taxes on that money. Really? Yeah, I found that out because they're my, selling my place. So I found that out. I was like, oh, yeah. Happy dance. Well, not not the kind of happy dance this guy's doing though. No. Hi, Sophia. <laughs> So he's just going to buy a house in the burbs. Mm-hmm. So why is he mm-hmm. buying a house in the suburbs? Exactly. And why that house in particular? Mm-hmm. I ask that question like I don't know. I know. I know. You're so coy. Yeah. Um, that's me. I'm being. Yeah. I'm being. I'm being. <laughs> a, I'm being a fish. Mm-hmm. I'm angry. I didn't get my Xbox One. You sure are good at following people in New York. Mm-hmm. Were the roads that clear when you were there? No. Well, it depends. I, it's okay. Here's the funny thing: it, there's certain times of the day when it's not bad. Yeah. Like if you um, you can roll into Manhattan and actually up towards Hell's Kitchen at about ten o'clock in the morning, and traffic's not that bad. Okay. And then at about by eleven, that there's like about an hour window where it's not bad, and then the rest of the time it's just forget it, unless it's the middle of the night. Yeah. And even then, there's still a lot of cars, but it's never quite as clear as they show in in TV or movies. So even even at its best, it's unless you get in some of the side streets and then. Or if you yeah. get outside into the other boroughs, it's there's some places where it's not as bad. You get out where it's more residential and it's it's not that bad. But most of this show is taking place on the island of Manhattan and it's pretty backed up. That's a lot of weed, dude. Mm-hmm. This show does use a lot of vehicles. Daredevil didn't. Nope. Unless they're using it to slam somebody's head off. But yeah. Yeah. Well, this this show, I get the feeling. I mean, they're they're moving around the different parts of the city. Yeah. And Daredevil, I mean, they, it was very much it, the whole thing. Pretty much just took place right there in those few square blocks it's of hell's kitchen yeah where this is where it's you know home base for her is is that neighborhood but i mean she's moving over to wherever that prison is or the jail or whatever which i don't think is on the island i think it's i think it's somewhere else and i'm sure hogarth's office is you know probably more downtown yeah so you know you got to get around i love this bit they find the little guy and he's like i was gonna go back like an entrepreneur Mm-hmm. <laughs> there she goes, just giving away Antoine's weed. Mm-hmm. Yes, fight scene. Oh, the dogs are right. Yeah, I don't hurt dogs. I don't hurt dogs. Well, kind of holds his holds himself pretty well against Luke. Mm-hmm. I was kind of surprised. I think he picks up that pallet and slaps that guy with it. Mm-hmm. Now, what's funny about this, a little bit later, he, he acts kind of pissy about her bailing on him. Mm-hmm. But notice she didn't leave until she saw that he was getting the situation back in hand. Right. So it's like, well, what are you complaining about? You had it under control. It's not like they could hurt you. <laughs> and, of course, her motivation for getting away so quick was she wanted to get whatever information Luke was trying to get. Yeah, that's right. She's trying to first. cover her tracks. Oh, hi, Luke. I had Antoine. Predator's getting him home. You're so full of crap, lady. This is a fun little twist, though, because what's in in that file is not what we think is in that file. And as luck would have it, the bus driver was drunk. So it was his fault. Mm -hmm. Not really. Well, the bus crash was his fault, but... I'm going to go talk to that bus driver. And by talk, I mean kill. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, layers. And as luck would have it, the drunk bus driver is still driving the same route. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, that's what was in that file. Yeah. Oh, blood alcohol, te- blood alcohol test and mm-hmm. that his route was still the same, which is a weird thing to have in a medical file. <sighs> See, like that, see, that, that, no, I'm sorry, no. That empty street, no. Yeah. Unless it's like three o'clock in the morning. Right. And they're in a neighborhood. Yes, it is the last stop. Your last stop ever. Oh, confronting the MTA guy. Oh! He just put that guy through the window. Now, where did she come from? I guess she she can sort of, sort of almost fly, so I guess, you know. Yeah. I guess she sort of hopped and skipped across town. <laughs> Trying to hold him back and sliding on the concrete. Yep. Theoretically, she's stronger than him, so that shows how mad he is. Mm -hmm. Oh, here comes confession time. Slowly I turned. Mm-hmm. Niagara Falls. Oh, here it is. Coming clean. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't want to believe it. Mm-mm. He just put a dent in the front of that bus. Mm-hmm. He's a strong guy. Yep. So is it going to end up, that flash drive is going to have like the original Looney Tunes episodes on it? Something like that. <laughs> no, it'll have to have something Disney on it. Oh, yeah. This right. is Marvel. So. Steamboat Willie. Yeah. It'll have the original <laughs> ending to Steamboat Willie. Yeah. Ooh, that hurt. And he tells her he was wrong about her. Yeah. <sighs> and then we see the support group. Yeah. Oh, uh, and this is an interesting question. Okay, so this kind of ties into that question I had earlier. You know, where uh, Mal- Malcolm's talking about, you know, he made me do all these things, but it makes me ask the question, was that in me already? 
You know, was, right. was it in me to do those things already? So was it in Jessica to kill in cold blood already, or was it not? Did Kilgrave really make her do it? I don't know. And Hargrove <laughs> keeping feti- dead fetus tissue. And back in suburbia land. Now he gives him an order. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm tired of listening to you. Leave. Leave now. But he waited till the deal was completely done. Mm-hmm. So he did the whole thing. Like he said, I want this thing to be above board. Mm-hmm. And it was completely legal, above board. <laughs> no one was coerced. Mm-mm. Except the guys in the poker game, but you know. Yeah. What's this? Notches on the wall. Clearly where somebody was marking the kids' growth. Mm-hmm. But what kids? Whose kids? Who could this possibly be? Whose house is this, Chris? I don't know. I wonder. I think it's the Waltons. Good night, John boy. <laughs> Jessica, 11 years. Oh, he peels back the wallpaper yeah. and there it is. That's right. So this creepazoid has bought Jessica's childhood home. That's right. He is about nine kinds of screwed up. Yeah. I love this. It camera pulls back across the neighborhood, mm-hmm. back across the street, and we see the we see the street signs. Yeah. We see Birch Street, Higgins Drive. Mm-hmm. Oh man. It's all coming together. So your overall impression of that episode? Uh, I I thought it was a good informational episode. I mean, like they mixed they had a good blend of the single story and the overall story for sure Mm -hmm. and it's just like it didn't it didn't feel it like it was intentionally pushing the story down your throat so i thought that was good yeah they gave you something something entertaining to follow while they fed you that info that they needed to right right so it wasn't so heavy-handed yeah good writing Mm -hmm. as far as far as i'm yeah concerned i would agree with that were you sleepy over there no never fart Ah, yeah, I'm an old fart. Look, <laughs> dog puppies. Yeah. She's she's about half crashed. Ooh. Little dog. So we have six episodes in the books. We're almost halfway through the show, or through the season, I should say. Yeah, so far I think it's going pretty well. Yes, I've enjoyed it. I, I mean, we all know that I've actually watched the whole thing, but yeah. I mean, going back and watching it, I'm still enjoying it. It's, it's good. good. It's, I think it's just the right mix of it's not, you know, they've only got 13 episodes, so you can't do a true slow burn, but it's a good mix of a slow burn and at the same time, you know, it the pace it picks up the pace or it picks up the plot points where mm-hmm. it needs to. It just the right time i think yeah yeah i think it would have been i think like a traditional like 22 episode i think it would have been too much i i would agree with you on that it would have way too much filler yeah it it would have had to done what a lot of the like the dc stuff is doing right now where like with gotham they actually have that mid-series finale yeah and that as much as I like Gotham, I think that, that that's a little silly. But well, yeah, I, I mean, all the broadcasters do that now. So, yeah, they all yeah. do that now. Well, even Walking Dead does it, and it's only sixteen episodes. Yeah. But all the all the broadcast and cable cast stuff is doing it now. But yeah. but yeah, it's well, and you get with the with the longer with the you know with your twenty two episode shows like Gotham and Flash and Arrow and all that you get. You know, you've got to have more filler, so you're going to get a little bit more villain of the week. And I think in this case, it would that kind of thing would take you so far out of the overall story that they're trying to tell that it just I don't think it would work. We have a it would be it would have to be a, it would be a very different show if you had nine more episodes. If you had you know nine more hours in there, you had to fill exactly. Yeah. So that's your takeaway this week, kids. Thirteen episodes. Just about right. 13 to 16, just about right. Yeah. So if you're going to go make a television show, consider that. Yeah. Unless you've got enough story to tell in 22 episodes and then make it 22 episodes. No. 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 Just leave it on the cutting room floor. It has to be 23. 23? Okay. Yeah. Because you want to be different. Yeah. Don't totally standardize yourself. Make it 22 and a half and then just, and don't even film the second half of the last half episode. Yeah. And then start the next season up just in a completely different place and never give anyone any closure. Do that. That would be worse than a show getting canceled on a cliffhanger ending just you just start it up in a completely different place and don't explain it and you know it's funny that you say that because water kind of did that to us for chapter four really because i yeah i i've looked i i started chapter four i got a couple pages into it but i haven't finished but you we got, only have two more pages only have what <laughs> okay well what happened to be honest this is a web comic so um yeah. In true webcomic style, they update as things go along. Right. So basically, they have uh, he hasn't started updating again for this year. Oh, okay. So he's still working on it, but just not. It is not. Um, yeah. Okay. So the network picked... didn't cancel it on us. Mm-hmm. Fox didn't come in and say no more. No. Okay. But I'm sure he's working through. Well, it looks like he has another comic that he's working on as well. Oh, so. Cool. Which, in my mind, blows my mind, just because I don't think I could handle working on more than one property at a time. Uh, so like where, I do, I do I, commissions and stuff, but yeah. working on two full full stories, 
that'd be pretty intense for me to do. Yeah, well, so that's, I, a, that's a whole other thing. Help. I mean, you know, yeah. it's one thing to do an individual piece and then something else to manage an entire storyline or two or three or however many. That's that's what gets me on some of these writers is that they can work on multiple properties at one time. Yeah, especially if they're distinctly different. Yeah. Because, I don't know, changing gears for me is not the easiest thing to do. Mm-hmm. So in the last, the chapter four of the water so far is they they've reestablished a connection with the undersea base and they're about to do a press conference and they go into a beginning, a description of the, um, what is it called? The, uh, centiphores or comb, comb jellies. Mm-hmm. And then it stops. So we don't really get to hear more about the, the characters, but I'm sure that's next, next up. So, okay. So we just gotta, we're just waiting for the, for the next update. Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. When that gets updated, we'll finish chapter four and we'll do a whole discussion on it then. I, I agree. I agree. At least it's not canceled exactly yeah well that's good man that's tough though because it's like i remember that getting toward the end of chapter three is like leading up to that that uh that meeting press conference thing and i was like well what are they going to do is it going to be live are they going to you know pull some tape bs on us what's going to happen and yeah of course i was like yeah what's going to (laughs) happen What are they going to talk about? Are they going to tell us what they really found down there? Or are they going to try and cover it up? What's going on? And I still don't know. We don't even know what they found down there. We don't even know what they found. We know they found yeah. something yep. that nobody knew they were going to find. Exactly. We still don't know what that something is. I guess that's, that's, you know, leave them wanting more. Exactly. But in this case, come on. I must know. Perhaps someday we will. So we'll keep an eye out for that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and we'll be, be, sure in, uh, be sure an update on the show mm-hmm. whenever that gets up, whenever uh, water gets updated, we'll update you guys Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. our listeners okay we're gonna pause it right there and we're gonna jump over to part two of our interview with comical podcast take it away guys Let's talk about, we've hit on a little bit Twitter, social media. Let's let's talk about that. Twitter Twitter in particular, I want to talk about. Um, that's how I got connected with y'all, really, at first. It was during Comic Palooza last year. Mm-hmm. And I think Justin retweeted something I sent, and you did. And then all of a sudden, the next thing I know, by the end of, probably by the middle of the second day, there's stuff going back and forth and tweets and retweets. And, you know, and it's, as time went on, and by the time, um, when was, when did they do the uh, fan, the fanfare? Was that August uh, or September? October. 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 Oh man, that was wow, it was a long time. But by that time, I mean, I started listening to the show and got into it, and 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 that was one of the things I thought was really cool was y'all were you know y'all fire back, communicate back, and talk about Twitter as a medium to do that. Do you think that was something that helped blow up the show because you were able to talk to people directly? Definitely, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that no matter what you're trying to create, whether it's comics, whether it's you know, movies or podcasts, whatever, you got to promote the hell out of yourself on social media and you got to be consistent with it and you got to be constant with it and you got to interact with people that are interested and if you don't then you're just never going to end up with a following no matter what it is you're trying to endeavor, endeavor to do uh, in the beginning, we were super active on Twitter. Um, we decided that was the best of the social media platforms to work off of. Facebook is okay, but because most of their stuff doesn't reach people on fan pages unless you pay, um, yeah. it's not it's not the best. Um, Instagram is the same kind of thing. Like. Uh, kind of works but it's only pictures and it's really hard to have conversations with people except in like comment fields and stuff twitter you can directly talk to people i mean yes 140 characters sometimes interferes with that but you get good at uh typing what you want in short succinct sentences and you know you build a lot of connections and you build your own kind of personal network on twitter which i like when we first started we just started talking to a bunch of other podcasts that were beginning or had just started around the same time we did and we all kind of learned from each other and grew at about the same time and you know then we started promoting ourselves in the hashtag comics or the hashtag new comic book day we do little comic book reviews of everything that came out people would just start following us and then slowly but surely the audience for our show grew and i think twitter was probably the biggest source of those listeners and it's still is for us and then also miguel like he didn't want to even have a social media presence in the beginning he was like (laughs) i don't need a facebook i don't need a twitter nobody needs to know who i am now i cannot get the man to put down his phone for a five minute conversation like (laughs) we we try to record i'm like dude just put your phone down (laughs) like twitter will be there in an hour i promise it's not not going anywhere our show's never an hour You know what I mean? I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want a Twitter or Facebook. I don't have unlimited internet like somebody I know. That's why the wifey, excuse me, wifey, as you said earlier. 
<laughs> Weefy comes into play for me. Uh, I got hooked. Uh, Facebook, eh, not so. You know, I got to make friends. I got to, you know friends who I from work. I got to reconnect with those people. It's pretty cool. And then I met new friends, the comic book artists, and went up, became friends on Facebook and Twitter and whatnot. Twitter was addicting. Never did I ever think anything like that could be so. Oh, I know, so right? Quickly. It's crazy. Uh, I've always been a people person. I guess you want to say that now. Oh yeah, you're you're definitely. I mean, you are somebody who's volatile and very easily offended and very easily like agitated. But you're also a people person. Like you will approach people and just start up a conversation about anything. I'm not that way. I'm an introvert. Oh, me I, too. I don't really like talking to people. It's hard for me. Um, you give me that push to go out there and meet the public, which I'm not all that great at. I can have a conversation through a microphone all day, every day. That's no problem. <laughs> like Skype with a video off. Sure. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, going to cons and actually meeting people and talking to them face to face. It's not really that I get nervous. It's just that I don't like doing it. Yeah, it's out. It's it's outside the way you're wired. And yeah, yeah I'm, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. But that's, that's one of the things I noticed about Miguel. Um, you're talking about, you know, he can just go up and talk to anybody. When I finally met y'all in person at, at Fanfare, I mean, dude, you just walked right out and started talking like we'd been friends for years and it was you put me right at ease and it was that was cool and I think that's one of the things that works on on y'all show so well is when you do have a guest is I mean you're laid back and easygoing and I think that puts people at ease when they come in and then you're just talking to them like you're an old buddy and you know so and that's the other thing too Twitter is the single best place to seek out guests that you actually want on your show. I mean, like I said before, people solicit to come on the show all the time, um, but you're not getting a lot of solicits from artists or writers that are already well-established or things like that. So we go to Twitter to contact and connect with, you know, well-established writers and artists in Marvel, DC, or Image, and then try to get those guys to come on the show. That's the single best place to find guests, the single best place to make those kind of connections and keep in touch after you've had them on the show. So Twitter is excellent. Thank you for the nice comments, man. I'm like, wow. I'm like gushing over here. Oh, <laughs> you getting but, a little verklempt. <laughs> huh? What you call me? <laughs> now, uh, even my daughter makes those jokes like, geez, dad, you can walk up to anybody in the store and start talking like you've known. Him. Like I started talking to somebody one time. She's like, who's that? Did you know him for long? No, I just met him right now. Really? You act like you knew him for like 10 years. <laughs> I was like, no, we just had something in common and just started talking. Uh, it's funny you mentioned about how you don't like to talk to people, but at the cons, you're pushing me all over the place. Here, go hand these flyers out. Go do this. Go do that. Do this, this, I'm pushing you to do it because I don't want to. That's what it is. But you're out there doing it too. I look like I am. I give you the, the lion's share and I'm like, here's one. Here's one. And Miguel's like, here, have a flyer. Have a flyer. <laughs> you just don't realize what's really going on. <laughs> now I know. Now you know. That's terrible. Annoying is half the battle. That's Next right. con, he's going to have an eye on. He's going to be like, I'm watching you, buddy. <laughs> I, I do the best I can. That's all I can say. I'm not I'm not a people person. I never have been. It's just, it's really hard for me. Well, talking is fine, but talking with intelligence or talking with making sense and not just blah, 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 blah like noises. <laughs> it's my problem. Yeah. And I'm we, we compliment each other's weaknesses quite well. That's why we're such a good duo. Definitely. You complete me. You have me at. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> And I think that's something that, that that's that's actually brought up an extra question, an extra point to touch on is um, I know this is kind of getting on. This is getting a lot involved into, you know, podcasting, but um, which is fine because, hey, we're all interested in that right now. But you bring up a good point. You're, you're good at you're you're good at you compliment one another. I think that's a good thing. You know, if you're going to do a, a show where you're co-hosting, it's something where one, you can you both communicate. You know how to communicate with one another. Clearly, I mean, clearly y'all are friends outside of this. And two, the personality wise, <laughs> Miguel's like shaking his head. No, man, I don't know this guy. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, talk about that a little bit about how how you guys compliment one, one another, how you feel that you do and the difference. Because I think that these two different personalities that are complementary elevate the show, and oh, elevate the product. The best shows have have a lot of chemistry between the hosts. Um, there's a ton of podcasters out there that are really hard to listen to because that's not there. They're people that are passionate about something. They share that, but they don't have the personalities that work well or complement each other. And, you know, I've heard tons and tons of those shows over the years. And those are the kind of shows that do 20 or 30 episodes and then are just like, eh, it's not for us. Or they'll yeah. give up and they'll find somebody else. You know, anybody with staying power is going to have hosts that work well together and complement each other. Um, you know, Miguel and I pick on each other all all the time you know we got we both have i don't do any picking <laughs> i get picked on you try <laughs> there you go you try so <laughs> 
you know, we're both witty. We're both pretty fast. We're both pretty sharp. Um, I, I'm definitely more thorough in my explanation of things, I guess. Whereas Miguel's very Miguel's like, over there nodding. Mm-hmm. Miguel's very like surface on his appreciation of things. Whereas I look look a little bit deeper. Um, and he's always very fun and positive and upbeat. Whereas sometimes I can be kind of dry and kind of quiet or or like I'll share my opinion, but it doesn't always come across the right way. And he'll kind of course correct so that I don't come off sounding like an asshole because I'm not trying to be an asshole. You know, I'm opinionated and I'm I'm honest about my opinion all the time. And sometimes that rubs people the wrong way. But I mean, that's a good way to be, though. It's, you know, let your last yes be your yes. Let your no be your no. And, you know, it's going to rub people the wrong way. But hey, and I think that's one of the things that work that I appreciated about the show. And, you know, just our kind of offline communication is and I think you're both that way. You're both just direct, you know, in it, you know, that's true. He is, too. He's yeah. very direct and honest about stuff, um, sometimes too much because <laughs> He, he, he sometimes gets irrationally upset about things and I have to be like, dude, it's not that big a deal in the grand scheme of things. Like, calm down. Just it's disrespect. Not, not <laughs> disrespect. Sometimes it's just the way the world works and you got to let it go and move on to the next thing. But sometimes I'm right. Sure. Sometimes I let you off your lease. I'm like, get them. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it, it works both ways. He didn't even like me. That's true. We hated each other. When we first really? Met. Yeah. So, tell, tell us a little bit. How did how did y'all how did y'all meet? How did this this just not even this right here, but this friendship was that I see before me? <laughs> uh, well, we both work at the same company. Uh, we were in the tech support system administration kind of field. And uh, we had a mutual friend who no longer works at the company. He stole my only black man. No, and, no. <laughs> no it's a joke. Uh, this guy's name Adam. Adam was friends with Miguel for years before I even started working there. That's right. He was friends with me first. And once I started working there, Adam and I have even more in common than he did with Miguel. And we clicked immediately, became really close. I was actually... Uh, I had him as my best man at my wedding. I was the, one of the groomsmen at his wedding. Like, we're really close still. Yeah, I wasn't even in their weddings. And uh, I know. Miguel used to walk around and talk about how he was going to kill everybody. He was going to burn the building down. Thanks, man. How he, <laughs> he hated everybody that worked in this place. And, like, he couldn't wait till he could get out of there. And the day he did, he was going to torch the place and fuck everybody. And <laughs> Dude, language. I'm sorry. Sorry. But oh, that was worth it right there. That was my first interaction with the man. And I was like, what is wrong with this guy? Like, I, I looked at Adam and I was like, is he really, is he unstable? Like, what's going on? And every time I talked to him, it was some kind of interaction like that. He was very just angry at the world all the time. I know it was because you were going, now I know it was because you were going through your divorce and you were having a real hard time with everything and you were just pissed off at the world. But back then, I thought you were just a psycho. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> And Adam uh, ended up quitting the company, moved away, and so did the rest of our team pretty much. It ended up being just three guys, me, him, and this other weirdo. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, uh, that's, that's generous. <laughs> that's a generous uh, adjective to use. Um, so I've always been a comic book fan. And Miguel had, because of some conversations we had before, gotten back into reading Walking Dead uh, about a year or so before he and I really became friends. And he would go to the comic shop every Wednesday and pick up Walking Dead. And I think that was really all you were reading, like that and maybe Batman. Green Lantern. Green Lantern. It wasn't a lot. You weren't big into it, but you were reading some things. And I was like, man, I haven't read a comic in forever. I saw him like reading his Walking Dead stuff. And I was just like, kind of feel like I want to get back into this. And I asked him um, to start picking up the Batman Dark Knight series because it had just started. So we started picking up two copies and then I was just like, well, screw it. I'll just go with you. And then we started riding to the comic shop together and uh, it didn't take long for both of us to just expand our pull lists to 15 to 20 books. And um, we started picking up each other's books and doing favors for each other and started talking. And we both had really interesting insight into the comics and we were talking about plot lines and um, he he wasn't really well versed in anything that had happened between the early 90s and the early 2010s, which is when I was a big fan. And I'm, you know, I've, I've read a lot of Silver Age and Golden Age stuff as well since then. But uh, I wasn't real well versed between what had been going on in the last five or six years. So he kind of filled me in on what I was missing. And I kind of filled him on, on the bigger part he was missing. And our love of comics just really sort of brought us together. We started hanging out in other places, going to the movies together and whatever. Our friendship really just kind of blew up from there. We wanted to fight people after we saw 300. <laughs> I think everybody wanted to fight somebody after they saw 300. And, uh, you know, I'd always been a fan of podcasts like uh, Tell Him Steve Dave is one of my absolute favorites. Uh, I think the first podcast I ever really got into, though, was Dignation. Yes. Uh, way back in the day. Yeah. That's a man. That's reaching way. That's old school. Yeah. I've, I was a big Dignation fan. And then uh, Tell Him Steve Dave is my most recent favorite. I, I love those guys. And I, I wanted to try it myself. You know, I, I felt like a lot of comic book shows that I listened to weren't really about comic books. Like they treated comics kind of an after as an afterthought. And I wanted a show where we 
could talk about the comics and make them the forefront. And the personalities of us would be kind of the secondary thing to the show. And I was looking for a co-host. I was talking to a few different people. He was the first person I approached, but he didn't want to do it. He didn't want anything to do with it. <laughs> I was like, I really don't think I'll be good at that. And it took a lot of convincing. Uh, actually, it took me buying all the equipment and setting it up and guilting him into coming over <laughs> and trying it. Awesome. I was like, look, man, I bought all this equipment. We've been talking about this. Like, just come over and do a couple test episodes. If it sucks, I'll never make you do it again. If you don't like it, you know, we don't have to do it. It's dirty pool, man. He even pulled the wife in on me. But it's dirty pool. <laughs> he, he was like, OK, fine. So we set up a time. We came over. We recorded and we had an absolute blast. And oh, God, but episode one was terrible. <laughs> it, it had some it had some funny moments. It's not that bad. Hey, I laughed. Uh, the pudding pop. Yeah. OK. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we just we kept going. And, you know, building a fan base is such a, a cool and unique experience that most people that don't do creative kind of things don't get to experience. You know, when people start reaching out to you and saying, hey, man, I really like your show or hey, I really like what you guys are doing. Like, that's an amazing feeling, especially when you're starting out and you hear it you know, for the first few times. And it just inspired and motivated us to keep going. And then the Horseman is comic started. And we started getting invited to cons and we started getting real guests on the show, like writers and artists, people that we never thought would be in the realm of possibility. And you know, it just it was all motivation and it was all push and it just kept us going. And uh, we've been doing it for 108 episodes now. Thank you for joining us on the Seal and Justin interview. <laughs> <laughs> now it's my turn to talk. Yay! Well, hey, man. You, Thanks, you, man. It's about freaking time. <laughs> you led the thing off now. But no, no, I, 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 I bust balls. Here. <laughs> I know. No, he does explain things perfectly. I don't. I do it in choppy cutoff sentences and whatnot. Uh, I'll go back to the point when I first met him. Yeah, I was going through a really, 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 really bad time dealing with a crazy woman and then fighting for my daughter who really isn't my daughter. Um, I have four children. None of them are mine. But I raise them all as they're mine and they call me dad. So awesome. uh, so I got through that. And then, like you said, slowly but surely started pulling me in. I had a good friend, best friend growing up, pretty close. But there were times in my life that I used to think that he never really was a true, true hardcore best friend like I thought I was. Because I'm the type of guy who would do anything for a family, for a friend or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what I got over here now. Awesome. Uh, and I honestly feel if my life was ever in peril of anything, he'd be there in a heartbeat. And he has been. The man has helped me out here before, and I'd give him my shirt off my back if I had to. I want uh, it. Hmm, you you give want it. Give it. I'll leave But doing this with him the first time was like, wow, that's really a lot of fun. That's pretty cool. Now I can't get enough of this. I actually look forward to Sunday. Yeah, I told him I always make the joke like, if this starts feeling like a job, I don't want to do it. Yeah, I don't think it's worth doing if it's a, if it's a chore. I mean, reading yeah. the reading thirty something books a week is really tough sometimes, but a lot of the books are really good. So, it's in, in, yeah. in, and when we got <laughs> every time I see the list or I see the stack in front of me, I'm just like, ugh. Why? <laughs> like, I love comics so much. And then I get the, I, I pick them up and I'm like, oh, I love this one. And I love this one. And then I see the, the mass of books and it's just like, oh, it's so daunting. So yeah. overwhelming when you look at it. And you're like, well, I'll just do a little bit. And you start reading. You're like, oh, man, this is great. All oh, this is great. All oh, this is great. And you get through it. And you're like, man, what a great week. And Can't wait till next week. Can't yeah. wait till next week. And the next week you feel the exact same way. You're like, <laughs> oh, God, it's so many books. Can't do it again. <laughs> but like you said, you start getting people on your show and people start commenting and people make the reviews on iTunes. And man, and you said earlier today when you first walked in, hey, I got a listener in Canada and Australia. That was like a big, I was like, wow, we got people listening and we got a map that shows where people are following us on. Awesome. And you see all these countries that like, really? They listen to us there? How did, what? <laughs> so it's, Who knew? It's amazing to see all these people listen to you and then you get the real guests and then you get people like Oni that says, hey, we love your show and we're going to send you all our writers from first time and our artists from first new books they ever come out. We're going to send them to you. So like, yeah, we'll take that. So that's like a real big feather. It's like, man, yeah. it made me feel so great. And then when you get other guys that come on the show, like when Steve Orlando came on, he's been on our show four times and he's blown up. Uh, yeah, like his career has, has grown with our show and with our audience. Like uh, when he first came out, he was doing his first image book. Like he was just getting published by a big publisher. He'd written stuff before small press and he's always been a talented writer. I mean, I read stuff from back when he was a teenager and it was great. Um, but really like his growth has been kind of parallel to ours. Like we've gotten bigger as a show yeah. at the same time he's gotten bigger as a writer. And now he's kind of a, a well-known figure. He's a big deal. He's a yeah. big deal. So he's gotten harder to book because of that. Oh, yeah. you know, now we have to cut through a bunch of red tape to even get DC to approve him to come on, which is kind of the trade-off for that, I guess. Yeah. But, 
Um, he's still a friend, and we still talk to him all the time. Yeah, he's like like a brother. I mean, yeah, and, and he said that earlier about yeah. me. When people come on, I apologize for cutting no, no. off. When people come on this show and people do the show with us, and I, my wife makes fun of me for this too, and I'm I may be naive, I may be stupid. This is the country, good old country boy in me. I was raised a certain way by my mother. I'm a mama's boy growing up, so this is from her. People come on this show, interact with you. You treat them with respect. You be fun. You be friendly. Mm. And if it, it comes off work, you're the one to make it a friend. I love having friends. Friends to me means a lot. Friends that I can call and talk to. And that's what I feel like Steve and all the other guys that come up. And Steve will, even though we got to go through all that red tape, Steve wants to come back on the show. It's like, that is like amazing. We had Jimmy Robinson on. He like interacts with us constantly. Kyle Starks, who just got picked up on his own stuff. He talks to us and yes. talks to him. These people like to me and they're friends with me on Facebook. They're, they become like friends to me. If they if they needed anything ever, I'd give it to them in a heartbeat. We got good friends who uh, blood and dust. Michael Martin. Love this guy. He flew in. He, he uh, landed in Intercontinental Airport once and he was going to fly back home to Arizona. And he texts, hey, guys, where y'all at? You know, I'm here at the airport. <laughs> the plane got delayed. And he was like, somebody want to come hang out with me? It's like, damn, if you'd have told us earlier, we, oh, I'd take my lunch now. Because I'm just joking. No, we'd have came up there. It's like, you know, it's it's a family environment. We, we're trying to be real close with people. And I love when people write the stuff. I mean, people have negative attitude or whatever it is. It's fine. But when you get those nice comments and now all of a sudden we were like number one. And the obviously U.S. is our biggest market. Then yeah. Australia, then Canada, U.K. and and all of a sudden you see Canada jumping people and like they're number four. And then you see Finland or this is because I walked back. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I did that post of that map. Like, congratulations. Yeah, really, yeah. Our number five now. This is amazing to me. It's, it's such a feeling that I can't get. It's just like, wow. So I tell them every day and there's my saying. It's like, wow. I want this thing to blow up. I want to be better. I want to be stronger. I want to be more amazing. I want to bring it for everybody every single week. And the one sad thing for us this year is after we got 100, we were on, We dedicated ourselves, no matter what, we're going to do this. Yeah. And, and even if I'm not here, death in the families and whatnot, he still went on with the show. And, and Heather would join in. Heather's part of this team as well. Um, this year has been tough. We've both been hit by serious, serious issues. And so we've missed a week here and there. And we're trying to bounce back. And I guarantee I, I don't, you. I don't think it's affected our numbers or anything. I think the people that really like the show stick with it. Yeah. But it affects and, us because we really, deep down, we don't like missing weeks. We sure. really it's, cathartic, hate it. it's cathartic to do the show. So oh, I can imagine. Yeah. Not having it, yeah. you know. It definitely affects our, our personalities and our moods for the week. <laughs> yeah, because we're like, God, we could oh, oh, man, I was so ready. And so I think we're going to push on really hard. I don't think I think we'll do this till we till we die, maybe <laughs> or till we kill each other. Grandpa's be uh, awesome. Eh, eh, Sonny, I used to podcast when <laughs> podcasting from the nursing home. That's right. Oh, yeah. We make that joke, too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so again, I digress. I apologize. Not a problem. I talk too much from the heart. Yeah, I love it. That's good stuff. And that was part two of our interview with Comical Podcast. We really enjoyed having those guys on and looking forward to airing part three next week. Stay tuned. And now back to our regularly scheduled beginning. Hey, you know, somebody listened in Australia. Really? In, in Canada. We had, we had a listener cool. in Australia and a listener in Canada. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Hi. Hello. Good Hello. day. <laughs> <laughs> what he said yeah uh-huh. so i thought that was pretty cool when i saw that on our little stats page that's awesome yeah and you saw deadpool right i did i did i went and saw that today and you hated it right oh it was awful i thought so i wish i'd never gone yeah right that was the worst remake of a dirty hairy movie i've ever seen <laughs> exactly exactly no they did they, it was it was good they did a good job yeah it's breaking records all over the place so that's good yeah it's looking like um one of the one of the reports i read was the one of the estimates they're saying is it's probably going to break 90 million for the weekend. Wow. I don't think a, they expected that. I mean, I know they expected to do well, but I don't think they expected that. Yeah. So yeah, for, for that type of property and you know, February that's, mm-hmm. they did, they did pretty good. It's another guardians of the galaxy. Yeah. It's a, as it's far another, as like, yeah, it's a sleeper, total sleeper. Unless you're like Deadpool and then you knew it all along. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think the, I think the true fans, you know, once they, once they come out and said, yeah, we're doing this right. We're going, you know, this is an R rated movie. We're not, you know, we're not dumbing it down. You know, I think the the true believers were were on board. But it, it's interesting. I mean, it, it, just watching it, and I'm just a casual, you know, Deadpool observer fan. I haven't read a lot of stuff. I mean, I know the character, and you know, and, you know, and familiar with the character and all that. But I'm not like a hardcore fan. But just coming in with that limited knowledge, and actually, if I'd come into this movie not really knowing anything, just oh, I'm gonna go watch, you know, I'm gonna go watch an action movie. I would have been yep. satisfied. Oh, they, they did a great job of introducing the character, explaining him planning his motivations everything i mean it's it's a as origin stories go it's really good and cool. it's the whole it's almost the whole movie is almost all origin story and oh, okay. but it but they do such a good job of it it's it's done it, there's it's kind of a clever way of how it's put together and how it's edited and you know the way they tell the story that 
it's I think it's accessible to a broader audience than just the fans of the comic or the comic book character. So it's um it's 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 a good good little movie. It's funny. Now it's um yeah definitely not uh, definitely not your family friendly you know superhero movie. Yeah, I heard that it was dangerously close to an NC seventeen. Yeah, I could see it. Now mm-hmm. it was it was actually in some places a little tamer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, but some of it's you know it, it's I liken it to if you go back to the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. You watch that movie and you think, you think you see a lot more than you actually see. They were, Toby Hooper was so clever in how he made that movie and this movie's made in a very clever way too. I mean, there is some definite overt stuff that you see, but there is also some things where you think you see something that you didn't really see. Okay. So it's, it's, it's very clever in how they do it. So it's, they, they create this atmosphere and they, they play on, play on emotion and thought and conjecture and stuff like that too as much as so as much as you see overtly on the screen there's a lot of kind of subtext and mind games that they play with you to make you think you see you saw something but you didn't cool so so your mom liked it oh she no she couldn't handle it no <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna be taking mom to see this one yeah. <laughs> okay she's i think yeah no yeah batman batman versus superman is about as dark as she's gonna be able to handle it's about cool. as i think it's about as as rough and tumble as mom's gonna get she's more yeah. of a she's more of a captain america avengers level fan that's where that's where she exists that's her wheelhouse right there she loves that stuff cool deadpool i don't I don't think she could handle it. My dad certainly couldn't. Yeah, he wouldn't. He wouldn't make it. But it's, it was it was funny though, man. That and it's it's one of those things where you know you you could be in danger of oh they shut all the funny bits in the trailers. Yeah, the movie's really not that funny, dude. It's funny all the way through. Oh, good, good. It's it's a Deadpool story. Excellent. Yeah. So it's they. I mean, they could have they could have taken this right out of the pages of one of the comic books and just shot it and it'd been like oh yeah this is Deadpool. Cool. It's a lot of fun. The it's probably quite possibly my all time favorite favorite opening credit sequence I've ever seen. Oh, really? Yeah. Even after all the Bond movies? Even, yeah, it's it's pretty good. Okay, yeah, cool. I, you're going to like it. I was, I felt bad for the people sitting next to me because I was cackling through the whole thing. <laughs> like that whole, the whole opening credits, it's like every time, it was it's like, oh God, I was laughing so hard at that. Cool. I can't wait to see it. I believe that you will enjoy it. I can feel it. I can feel it. I'm probably going to go watch it again over the weekend. Cool. Because, you know, i got to do something for Valentine's Day, right? That's right. So I'll just go watch Deadpool again. Excellent. Maybe I'll go watch it in IMAX. That'd be even more excellent. That would be a lot of fun. I think I might do that. So, yeah. So, go see it. Definitely. And I'm talking to you. You, Chris, go see it. I'm going to go see it. Okay. And the audience, mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't speak for the rest of you because I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a bloody violent movie and they, I mean, you know, that's not your bag and cursing like sailors and just, I mean, it's, there's some things in that movie you can't unsee. Hang on a it's second. All right. I, gotta, I gotta pause the recording. Okay. Okay. I'll switch it over so it's just recording audio. That's what I did wrong there. Okay. So we can, we've got enough to finish out. So I don't have enough room on here to record a second episode tonight. Okay. <laughs> I have to process it and get it off and move it over to the big hard drive. That's cool. But So we should probably brainstorm a little bit about... Um, what our future holds. Mm-hmm. But we should probably finish this up first. We should. Okay. So in retrospect, yeah. episode six of Jessica Jones. Good. Worth checking out. Worth checking out, yes. Um, water, chapter four. Bit of a quasi cliffhanger in that. Yes, a little. It's just not done. It's just so not done yet. We'll keep but, everyone yeah. posted on that. And hey, if you're thinking about going to see Deadpool, pretty good. Yeah, definitely go see it if you are crazy like Deadpool. Yeah, if you like that kind of thing. And don't go see it. Don't take your kids to go see it. No, no it is definitely not definitely not kid friendly or or parent friendly or really really no one should see it. But mm-hmm. you know, if that's your kind of movie, then go see it. Yes. And it is it's actually it's it for for all the crazy that it is, it's a very well made movie. It's it's solid. It's a it's a solid, solid movie. It's well written, the acting's, you know, on point, the directing the effects everything it's it's top notch i mean it looks it, it looks like i mean it just the whole the whole package is really good looks really good so it plays well and it's just about right in length too i think it's about an hour and 45 minutes so they didn't they didn't fall to the temptation of making trying to make some big you know two hour and 15 230 minute epic monster that everyone seems to be doing with all the comic book stuff lately so right it's just it gets in there and gets it gets in it gets out it's done it tells you the story it's nice and tight bam 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 so cool there you go think that's it for this episode all right so until next time i'm seal and i'm chris and you take it easy and listen for the beacon <laughs> <laughs>